welcome listeners uh, to this episode uh, as you know the season of podcast is about assessments and uh, you know i've got a very special guest today who i'm going to introduce you to in a minute uh, but before that maybe just a few words about this particular episode so this episode is actually focused on leadership and leadership assessment and what you know what are we really going to assess in leaders you know of course assessment of leaders is is a top hot debate hotly debated topic and you know we keep checking out for you know all kinds of uh, leadership traits and characteristics and personalities and all that sort of stuff but the reality is that with the changes uh, as we have seen in the last you know year or so and with the advent of technology and you know what's happening all around us uh, politically socially economically etc the future breed of leaders is going to be a, you know possibly a little bit different and like somebody said uh, things remain the same but they don't remain the same okay so we're going to debate today in this episode about uh, you know what exactly are we going to look for in leaders what are we really going to assess and how are we going to sort of assess it so let me quickly introduce uh, you know my my guest today on this podcast uh, judajit das uh, he is actually currently heading operations and hr at icici prudential life insurance and i think more important uh, is that uh, you know judajit is a fairly i would say uh, well read and having perspectives on a broad range of topics so you can talk to him about everything from uh, you know healthcare to insurance to financials to you know any other topic really you know under the sun kind of thing so jyot jeet uh, very very welcome to this podcast and thank you for making time to have a conversation with me uh, really lovely to have you here and uh, i hope that our listeners will enjoy this conversation as much as you and me will do i'm sure Oh, thank you very much, Bimal. Uh, pleasure to be here, and thank you for the one. I mean, I would say uh, a flattering introduction. I'm not sure I deserve it all, but thank you for the warm welcome. And I'm so looking forward to uh, bouncing thoughts and ideas with you, and uh, looking forward to the session. Great, thanks. So let's 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 dive in, Jeet. Uh, you know, so I think before we get into the specific area of you know assessing leaders. Uh, you know maybe maybe it will be interesting to understand your perspective on what are you really seeing changing in the sense that are there different kind of leaders we are looking for going forward or you know what remains the same and what is changing maybe that's that's a better way to express it so um so way i like to think about it bimal is uh, even before we get to what kind of leaders are we looking for mm-hmm. or uh, we should take a step back and think about what is happening in the world around us right right and what is likely to happen going forward i mean right. of course these are not meant to be predictions but there are straws in the wind and uh, in a sense uh, based on what we are observing around us right so the kind of leader you need also depends on the kind of situation mm-hmm. that possibly you are likely to uh, deal with currently and deal with going forward in the future yeah. so let's take a stab at that mm-hmm. and uh, look at some of the trends that are probably defining the world and the society around us so one of course is um, you know and this is not a new term we heard the term uh, vuka yeah. quite some years back i yes. probably 8 10 years back right mm. uh, because we had the financial crisis of 2008 9 correct and uh, probably that was around the time this was introduced mm. because mm. that was a big shock to the world at mm. least uh, for many people in my generation the dot com bust wasn't so much of a shock really mm. Mm. Uh, and if i look back the earlier shocks at least india was a pretty protected economy so liberalization was the first time we saw something that we saw some business cycles 
And the first real shock was really 2008-9, right? Mm -hmm. After a lot of years of heady growth. Correct. So VUCA came into being. And uh, uh, so I will talk a little bit about each of the V and uh, sure. Sure. Uh, each of them. Uh, but one thing is pretty clear that uh, uh, change is here to stay. Mm -hmm. And uh, only the thing is the pace of change. Yeah. Is now what we are dealing with. If uh, change happened, maybe once in 10 years, then right, maybe right. once in five years. Now it seems to be like getting <laughs> into a situation <laughs> where once in three months. Correct. And uh, you can, uh, and it's not uncommon mm -hmm. because if you look at some of the new age companies, especially media companies, I believe they change structures every three months. Correct. So uh, it is nothing to be very surprised about because mm -hmm. competitive pressures demand that. Yes. But, so the point is that I think one big theme is change and that change will be rapid. Right. So what happens when change is rapid? It means it's more volatile yeah. and uh, it means more uncertain and this complex and ambiguous. And I'll peel some of these yeah. from a leadership perspective. Sure. Uh, so uh, the other big thing is that um, what are the other trends that we are seeing? Uh, because of all this uh, volatile, uncertainty, complex, ambiguity, uh, there is, we see a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. people around mm -hmm. us. The COVID pandemic has created a lot of fear and anxiety yeah. uh, in terms of one, health, mm -hmm. jobs. Uh, so um, that has created its own stresses. Right. So people are generally more anxious and mm -hmm. on the edge yeah. uh, because of this. Whether you, whether you talk about employees or whether you talk of consumers and sometimes when you look at what may be good from a marketer's perspective, may not be necessarily good from a from an HR perspective. HR you know? So let me elaborate on that a yes. bit. Yes. So I mean, in a, in a, as we become more free market, capitalistic in a sense, hmm. clearly one of the things we also see, what I like to call the age of impatience. Correct. Everybody's impatient. They hmm. want it now, instant gratification. Yeah. That also creates its own anxieties. Hmm. You know, if I don't get it, have I performed self-worth issues? So yeah. while that might be good for a marketer to keep on trying to sell you more products, right. and from right. a consumer perspective, the age of consumerism, Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you're dealing with employees, yeah. especially young people who are impatient, who are anxious, who are on the edge, that mm. doesn't create a lot of stability in an organization, yes. right? Yes. So why? what might be good from a uh, business perspective from consumerism may not necessarily be. Uh, the flip side of that from a business perspective, consumers also mean if they don't like your product, they'll switch tomorrow. Okay. They're not loyal also. Absolutely. So that also comes into the workforce. The mm. employees are not likely to be loyal. If they don't get their growth, they don't get what they want, uh, they're not willing to duke it out for longer. So that also creates its own uh, stresses. Mm -hmm. The other big thing, I think the what social media has done, I mean, and we see it around us in context of elections, yeah. and, uh, especially since I've been following the uh, US elections and of course the Indian elections also. Uh, one, social media has made, and Google, Dr. Google has made information readily available to everybody. Yeah. So there was a time when you could have an authority bias because you had more knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. because you had more knowledge, you could command leadership yeah. roles because, and this happens, you know, I mean, typically the person who has the most knowledge commands most uh, power, right? Knowledge is yeah. power. Yeah. But uh, social media and uh, Google has made knowledge democratic. Yes. The good part of it is that today somebody can ask you any question. I mean, right. he or she could be just a new entrant. It could be a, uh, any shareholder. They have as much information as you have to challenge. Mm -hmm. So it is also in a sense uh, death of hierarchy. Yeah. But yeah. the flip side of that is there is also the age of disinformation. 
correct so how do you deal with this information mm. that mm. also creates it because uh, you may be falsely accused correct. or incorrectly accused you spend a lot of your time countering nonsensical information also right absolutely so, uh, i mean so if you look at it uh, before i come to the leadership part of it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think the uh, these are some of the trends that we are definitely seeing mm-hmm. so again it's not new uh, changing or shifting consumer preferences shifting technology right. uh, shifting regulations linked mm-hmm. to it political structures and of course the world is more volatile right. now if you want to peel this and i think from a leadership perspective uh, and apologies if it's uh, getting to be a bit of no, a no, no, longish answer because i like to take one of each of them and then deal with sure. it sure so what is volatility about Vol- how do you deal with volatility mm-hmm. and volatility is about resilience essentially right uh, yes. how do you because volatility means it's up it's down it's like a roller coaster ride right? so people have to get used to Correct. the roller coaster ride right? they have to enjoy it if you say no i want only the calm of the you know <laughs> of the himalayas for example that yeah. is not likely that you going to get in the business right. world right. Correct. so it means uh, i think the most important from a leadership perspective is composure here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you can't be transmitting anxiety Correct. to the rest of the team people are looking up to you especially mm-hmm. if you are the uh, you know leadership role people are looking up to you uh, and you may not have all the answers mm-hmm. but maintaining equanimity maintaining composure that is a important uh, i would say uh, characteristic and covid has also taught us that because right. at the end of the day you don't know the answers but right. uh, you have to uh, calmly step back uh, daniel kahneman talks about uh, a uh, system to thinking this is yes. not the necessarily an impulsive answer yes. that you can do yes. Yes. and you can't transmit anxiety uh, the second thing is about um, uh, this whole so volatility uncertainty requires demands mm-hmm. that you stay calm under pressure yeah you exhibit composure and uh, you uh, manage things break up the big problem into small problems and deal mm-hmm. with each of them essentially right so from a leadership resilient resilient inside and composure outside in a way yeah resilient and so that requires resilience and uh, we'll talk about how to then assess for resilience later yeah. perhaps and uh, but i think whether it's financial resilience whether it's uh, technological resilience because cyber attacks and all that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. whether it's resilience in the strength of your brand but essentially as people also at a individual level at a team level correct uh, at a organizational level uh, resilience becomes a very important thing uh, yeah. and uh, you cannot have a situation where people are uh panic uh, mm. that doesn't work panic mm. never correct uh, works for too long right uh, it's so that's one part of it uh, i think that's certainly volatility now if you go to the complex and ambiguous part of it what does it mean really it means mm. that you don't have the answers right so somewhere uh, and it's impossible to expect any one person to mm. have all the answers so the age of the all knowing leader who has all the answers and you can go for everything because the problems are unique Correct. and i think i want to bring in hyphits here because i mm-hmm. like what he said in his right. really seminal book mm-hmm. uh, uh the adaptive leadership adaptive challenge versus the technical challenge because this is not where you have a this is not a mathematical problem mm-hmm. or an engineering problem where there is only one correct answer mm-hmm. there are many answers uh and you don't know which answer is going to be uh, the right answer only time will tell you whether you should make the choice correct. but based on yeah uh whatever you have so again i think the point is pause step back reflect and then choose but more importantly the point i want to make is about uh, tapping into the collective intelligence i mean yes. today we talk about crowdsourcing yes. 
So that is that is a different thing altogether. But here mm-hmm. I'm talking about maybe the answers are within the organization, within the right. team. Right. And uh, so, are you really getting the best out mm-hmm. of everybody around you? Mm-hmm. And are you, are you are you the sort of person who thinks he or she? Because this is a complex challenge. People are looking up to you for the answers, Absolutely. and they're going to actually test you whether you have the answer or not. But you actually don't may not have the answer. May not have the answer. So how do you frame it as questions? Right. And right. give the comfort and the space to people to uh, openly share their mind. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the call on leadership is that you have to take a decision. Correct. If it's the right decision. great wonderful if it's a wrong decision you have to also take it absolutely the, the decision you cannot pass on decision making to your team members correct, correct. because ultimately that's your job yes but at the end of the day you have to ask you mm. have to push mm. you have mm. to get the questions and mm. tap into the collective intelligence of the team right. uh, and because it's a collective effort i think so one of the thing is uh, this ty- the age of individual heroics mm. and the concept of one tall leader who has all right. the answers who is the right. know all i think that uh, mm. is uh, uh, certainly so anybody who has a uh, is the sort of person who cannot tolerate different opinions right in a sense or mm. uh, is not inclusive enough to uh, necessarily get everybody to participate and open up uh, and get it will be in trouble because mm. it's not possible it's not humanly possible where you have answers and you know this is one thing i want to say i mean i learned this uh, uh actually we have this is some discussion i've had uh, you know uh, sandeep bakshi and yes, uh, yes. discussion he talks about you know, doctors uh-huh. see you might be a a great neuro neurologist right mm-hmm. but if somebody talks to you with the heart you're not going to <laughs> say you say i'm a specialist i know my <laughs> i know how to manage the brain Correct. but i am not going to i think this is it but you have to talk to them talk to the right so, guy again see this is see because you're dealing with life and death situations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and in organizations you have this problem you know right where uh, uh, everybody can talk about hr right <laughs> or marketing <laughs> everybody has a point of view mm-hmm. so i'm not saying it's uh, uh, people should not have a point of view uh-huh. but at the end of the day you have to respect somewhere uh, knowledge and expertise as yeah. much uh as you have to respect that you may not have all the answers yourself correct, and correct. be willing to acknowledge it and say i don't know yeah, yeah. you don't find too many leaders uh, comfortable enough to say i don't correct. know always so, willing to be vulnerable as they say willing to be vulnerable and i think and that also in a sense you know it uh, it also shows uh, your willingness to be honest and it links back to the age of disinformation i mean See if you can't truly be honest to yourself, who are you going to be honest with Absolutely. at the end of the day, right? And ultimately, credibility comes from honesty. It doesn't come from uh, right. anything else, right? And I I like the word credibility more than authenticity because mm-hmm. I don't like the I'll tell you why I don't like the word authenticity because at the end of the day, when we said no, you have to be calm under pressure. Yes, uh, yes. And you may feel all the butterflies in your stomach. Yeah, yeah. Right, but you have to fake it. Right. So authenticity right. means what? Uh, authenticity means I have to be totally transparent. But that's yeah. not possible, that's not, right? Yeah. You have to be selectively uh, transparent in that sense. Correct. Uh, you have to be select. I mean, so in a sense, I'm saying that uh, I I learned this about uh, when I blog back and did a presentation skills program, mm-hmm. and um, the, you would know again. Uh, Sanjay Zog taught me this. Right. He said that you have all the butterflies in your stomach. It's no, normal to have butterflies. Right. But can you make the butterflies fly in formation? Yes. I yes. always remember <laughs> that. Yes. So it's okay to have butterflies, right. and all of us. I mean, there has to be that oh, bit yeah. of anxiety. Uh, it's again, it's like a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Too much of anxiety means paralysis. That's right. not desirable. Right. But having no, not being also paranoid, just being 
you know, being like a frog in the well syndrome is also not desirable because it's change. You're going to be roasted alive or uh, whatever, Sorry. boiled alive. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's one part of it, uh, the yeah. ambiguity and uh, right. the complex part of it, I think, collective intelligence. Uh, so uh, I, I think these are top of things on my mind things, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, when we look at leadership to step back and look at what are the changes. So let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper and you know there's a specific thing you know which uh, which you know as I hear other leaders and other companies talk about I think in addition to some of the things you talked about right so resilience composure balance uh, you know uh, a little bit of vulnerability the ability to take people long and so on and so forth one of the critical things which is coming up and you know it also links to your social media point and some things how do you build trust okay so one is how do you how much do you trust yourself and how does that show up in your decisions and actions and the second is that how do other people trust you and how much do you trust other people you know and it also goes back to your point about you know being a bit of a superhero kind of a leader as against you know uh, taking the best out of everybody around you kind of thing so what's your what, and I'm asking you this 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 question about trust, uh, Jeet, because this is perhaps one of the most trickiest ones to really assess in leaders. You know, uh, in in addition to of course other things as well. So I'd like your view on this particular one, and then we can dig a little bit deeper into you know how do you then go ahead and assess some of these aspects. Yeah. No, so I think we need to redefine what is leadership all about. Mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. Leadership is not about like we said earlier, having the right answer, knowing right. everything. Uh, being the hero. Uh, leadership is about enabling people, your team, to be their best. Correct. Right. Leadership is about, uh, and you may not be the best guy. I mean, and you know, if I think about cricket, for example, sports is a great mm -hmm. opportunity. You, if you remember Mike Brayley. Correct. Absolutely. He wasn't certainly uh, the best batsman or the bowler by a long shot. By, by a long shot. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. But yes. he got the best out of Ian Botham. Yeah. Right. And if you think of captains. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, maybe Pataudi himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, a, of course, he was a great batsman, a great fielder. Uh, I have no doubt about it. But uh, he got the best out of his out of his spinners. Team, yeah. Right. Prasanna, Bedi, Chandrasekhar. I right. mean, right. so the question is, how do you get the best out of your team? Mm -hmm. Right. Because ultimately, I think the biggest thing is this is not about individual heroics. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is about getting the best out of the team. And anybody who violates that principle mm -hmm. doesn't fit to be a leader. Correct. Right. Because the moment you start thinking it's about me mm. and that somewhere is a warning sign for. Right. right. So I think a lot more thinking has to go mm. about our, I mean, there are many words for it. Uh, yeah. Whether you call it uh, servant leadership, whether you call it, uh, uh, you know, followership, followership, followership. I mean, I'm not getting in the semantics of it, yeah, yeah. but the, the, the fundamental principle is. Stuff. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the fundamental principle is the team comes first. Mm, mm, mm. Like, you know, if you are, I mean, if you are a part of a family, the family's yeah. happiness is more important than your happiness, isn't your it? Personal happiness, correct. Right. Way. At the end of the day, in a small unit, mm. I mean, with your wife, uh, children, uh, parents, and whoever else, you know, harmony right. in the family in a sense. And right. conflicts will happen. I'm not saying conflicts won't happen. Every family has conflicts. People are different. Mm. The question is, do you put... Uh, your happiness over your children's happiness or your spouse's happiness. Then it becomes a problematic situation, right? right? right. So even in a leadership role, uh -huh. uh, though in a family unit, uh, there is no defined, mm -hmm. today in our families, nuclear families, you don't have a karta of the family, really speaking. Right. Right. But in, a, in an organizational context, of course, the leader has to. So it's even more incumbent. Mm -hmm. 
फॉर द लीडर इन ऑर्गेनाइजेशनल कॉन्टेक्स टू ऑलवेज कीप हिमसेल्फ और हरसेल्फ रूटेड टू द ग्राउंड माई जॉब इज टू मेक द गेट द बेस्ट आउट ऑफ माई टीम मेम्बर्स एंड नॉट टू शेम एनी बडी नॉट टू बी लिटिल एनी बडी दीज आर वॉर्निंग सिग्नल्स राइट टू बी द विक्टिम Uh, or other people, a lot of people play the gig game. You let me down. Yeah. I mean, that's that's complete nonsense. Yeah, right? And I think if I were to step back, you know, the best way to assess it really is what happens to people when they are under stress. Hmm. I mean, this is typical. I mean, you, we do assessments, right? Assessment centers. What do we do? You put people out of the comfort zone. Yeah. What happens to you when you are in the discomfort zone? Hmm. Right. Now, discomfort may happen in an organization context. Yeah, discomfort yeah. may be happen in a family context. Right. But definitely, how did you deal with discomfort and mm. crisis? Right. Uh, you have to have mm. example. I mean, because if people haven't gone through discomfort and crisis, correct. How are you going to assess them for <laughs> whether they can manage in discomfort and yeah. crisis? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So one way organizations can do that is to rotate people in jobs mm. or put them in stretch assignments, which right. takes them out of the comfort zone. Right. That's one way too, because that's part of the grooming. Correct. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and it can happen in family life also. Mm-hmm. Dealing with ill health That's of a dear one, correct, or correct. death, or financial crisis, uh-huh. anything. Those are also setbacks, right? So ultimately, the question is, how are you dealing with setbacks? And a lot mm-hmm. of the that happens at the, and I think it's a challenge in our societal context today because uh, the way many, uh, I mean, at least in the. More affluent mm, mm. Uh, family family settings. I mean, children have it all laid out for them, right? Correct. Too early in life, perhaps. Too early. So, do they value? Yeah. Uh, do they know what it means to really earn it? Right. Do they know how to deal with setbacks? Correct. Because everything is done for you, mm. you know, and it, it's possible, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you can use, uh, whether it's your financial uh, ability or your social networks correct. to correct. get things done, right? Correct. Uh, but actually, you're setting up your, in a sense, your children for f- for failure, possibly yeah. for p- possible failure. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might have all the right interests, Interest. but yeah. but, yeah. but uh, ultimately, hmm. and I think delayed gratification uh, makes it more special because you feel you've earned it yourself. Hmm. It? Hmm. Hmm. So even if it takes a bit longer, correct. And I think this is where we are having a challenge today from a consumer marketing perspective. It's about now, now, now. Here, I mean, immediate, 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 instant gratification, instant gratification. But character building, uh, and char- I want to use the word character because we don't talk about character so much in leadership, right? We talk about competencies, <laughs> but ultimately, I think a lot about character building happens at home. Values much, much earlier in your life. much earlier, right? Those define. Uh, are you likely to cut corners? Right? Are you going to likely to you know? Is it okay for you to cheat and get away? Correct. Correct. And and uh, role models are important in family also. Mm-hmm. And you may, I mean, it can work both ways. You may see your parents doing the wrong thing and realize Correct. that this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the straight and the narrow. Correct. Again, these are choices. I'm not here to uh, moralize Correct. or say Correct. this is the way or that is the way. But I'm saying that if you have a propensity to cut corners, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a problematic situation in an organizational context, right? If, the question, Jeet, sorry, if I may just stop you for a minute. You know, the question, Jeet, is that you know many of these aspects, and I think these are extremely important aspects. The the trick is that, or or maybe one needs to understand the trick. That how do you really check these out? Because you know, particularly at senior leadership levels, you know, people are cognitively certainly very smart. Okay, so so very often they will find you know. ways and means of in a way um, uh, you know acing a test if you want to call it that or you know at least for a short period of time even in under a pressure situation 
they are likely to sort of prove that yeah i can crack it you know i am this kind of a person and so on and so forth and of course there are many different ways of checking out but in your experience you know one of the things of course you said is that you know simulate pressure you know try to take them through a crisis and and you know look at the background and all that but what are the other tools or techniques or ways you would you would say that you know if i really have to hire a leader internally externally particularly for critical positions how would you check some of these quote unquote character things out yeah it's tricky and hard let me put it so i don't think it's an easy answer and uh, we go wrong uh but i think one i mean so let's talk about say the reference check business sure, sure. when you do reference checks who do you check with you check with actually senior colleagues right right typically your boss or mentors yeah and if you are good at managing upwards mm. you will get good references correct. and if you are a good performer that means you cannot be a good performer unless you are managing upwards well correct, correct. that's for sure now how you manage downwards and sideways yeah is always a open question correct because you can kill your team to manage your boss as well absolutely so the question is not are you crossing too many boundaries mm. Mm. so the reference check has to be a bit more 360 in that sense yeah. Yeah. while we do a 360 feedback and uh, while i you know i we do 360 feedbacks and i've been seeing 360 but one pattern i've noticed with 360 feedback is that people who are generally more likable they mm. tend to get high scores right they may not be the most competent and there mm. are people who are considered competent who correct. tend to get low scores because they you rub people the wrong way correct Correct. but that's not the point the point is that are you crossing the red lines mm. Mm. right are you treating are you humiliating people then i have a problem correct if you're demanding performance i don't have a problem yeah. Yeah. but is a thin line between demanding performance and not having empathy correct correct right uh, that is but that you have to get deeper so there is no my only point is there is no shortcut in this mm. there is no magic tool in this right. uh, one psychometric will give you the answer correct. you have to go so it's a composite set of tools you have to do right Yeah, yeah. So of course you. I mean, there are good psychometric tools. They are, can give you warning signals. Right. Yeah. But you have to go and validate it. And right. the best way to validate is to go and find out information mm. about. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, this is not done with the amount of diligence. Yeah. That ought to be done, and we are all guilty about it. I mean, right. do we go and seek out information from the person who left the team? Mm. 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 You know, mm. that will give you a. Obviously, somebody is working well with you. The chemistry is great. correct but what happens what did you do with the person and that's the point no what what happens when your team member makes a mistake what do you do right mm. what do you do when uh, your plans don't turn out well mm. Mm. so that is the stress situation no all of us are very functional and nice when correct. things are going well correct right it's only when the rubber hits the road yeah then you, when you are in a stress situation how do you do manage yourself do you cut the corners do you treat people correct. badly do you go yeah. over the top do you scream mm. shout become a new now obviously if it's a pattern with on small things you do it will be cut out correct correct right yeah. but most people who are getting to senior management mm. are able to navigate this from junior to middle right i think the problem that happens the switch goes off mm. and uh, probably uh, when you reach a certain position because you suddenly think you have all the freedom in the world actually it's not true yeah. you have more shackles but in fact even more shackles like, correct exactly technically the shackles are not visible mm because people are judging you yeah yeah the yeah. problem is uh, you think you can get away with it mm-hmm. and sometimes what happens i think with a lot of people is when they have a when they are successful a bit often uh, more than themselves because of the nature of the economy or because of the context of the mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. uh so one example we talk about is like you are not successful because of yourself you're su- successful because of the ecosystem everybody around you yeah absolutely your team members because if you 
if you could not work in your ecosystem correct so the same successful person in a different ecosystem may not be successful right successful, yeah, yeah yeah and it happens with a lot of people we see a lot of people switching jobs mm. and ultimately they pet you know it doesn't uh, work out for them work because out. it may work out also sometimes because by switching jobs you become more resilient maybe and adaptive but again at the end of the day <laughs> yes a lot of things are also based on trust and relationships which right. you form right. and your ability to work your system yes is an important thing right but uh, i think the point the point is that you have to get dig deeper deeper mm-hmm. uh, dig, digging deeper means that you have to know also and uh, this is not fashionable to say it Mm. but uh, i think how you treat uh, uh, people who are uh, much more junior to you right uh, people who are if i were to use the word uh, even uh, people who are who, who support your uh, ecosystem i right. mean for example how do you deal with a waiter in a restaurant or the right. lift man right. exactly. and you'll find that you know if somebody says good morning to you the lift man says good morning to you you don't even acknowledge it acknowledge yeah say something about you isn't it correct uh but how do you go to get all this information mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to go dig deeper right yeah uh, so i think that gives you far more mm-hmm. context of the person's character correct and if you feel that is not important that's your choice mm-hmm. i mean i am not here to say that you either you should or not correct. my limited point is that digging deeper means that you go and do the painful hard work mm-hmm. of going and finding out how yeah. is it that you behave with Uh, people who probably can't uh you know outside of uh, you know uh, managing mm-hmm. your team not just your immediate team but people who right. are probably in your ecosystem but who are not in your orbit right. because what happens is uh if you are you can be rude even unknowingly you right. may not even realize that you being rude correct right. and then what happens is and i've seen this with a lot of leaders mm-hmm. when they reach they feel that they reach stratospheric height so you know if you are in the airplane even a 50 story building will look look very small. like a so everything is normalized right correct, correct. so you don't even realize how you're dealing with people around you because yeah. you are you're floating in air floating in the air mm-hmm. and the higher you float it's like a kite you know <laughs> chances are you going to blow away sometime the wire is going to or the thread is going to snap <laughs> uh, so it's an interesting see one one other thing jeet is you know so you know why 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 this leadership assessment thing is important uh, and, and i think you brought about some interesting sort of views there because see while while all the tools and techniques you use will give you a certain degree of as you said indications or a set of indications of what you should dig deeper into uh you know what you're trying to do is to predict somebody's future in a way right so you're saying that this person is going to come and create this kind of an impact in my organization which is what i want for my business of my people and so on and so forth of my shareholders now predictability at best is a mugs game any which ways and you know uh, in 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 today's world given the changes and all that you really can't predict but perhaps perhaps and and, and this is where where uh, you know uh, my at least thinking process has has got you know let's say directionalized a little bit over the last few years is that you know use the assessments to give you indications but use them also to go back into history and ask the right kind of questions like you use the word ref checks and that history often teaches you a lot and particularly in leadership you know areas about character areas about you know these gray areas where you can't really define them very well so if you are actually able to do a very good job of 
you know, tracking history, getting the right inputs from different people, the 360 piece you mentioned and so on and so forth, that can then give you, you know, some additional inputs into at least predicting to some degree that this is how this person is going to uh, behave. But having said that, it is still not a silver bullet, you know. No, nothing is a silver bullet, Bimal, but I am saying that, uh, I mean, in my learning, and mm-hmm. this is my 25th year of working, the most important thing, decision is who you actually put in the top job. Right. Right. That's the most important. That's 90%. Right. Because the culture setting happens from there. Happens from right? there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of opportunity to do much more. Mm-hmm. And think through much more there. Right. right. Without getting into whether... Uh, adequate. I personally feel that... This is my personal view. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there is huge opportunity to do far more. Right. Asking the hard questions. Right. Right. Before taking a call. Now again, nobody's perfect. Correct. Correct. Right. Uh, everybody has flaws. Uh, the question is, what flaws are you willing to live with and not willing to live with? Right. And if there are some propensity for certain flaws in certain people. Correct. Correct. I won't say, even if I don't want to use the word flaws, say, hmm. say gaps, you may call yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, then you need to have also, what do we say? Like when, you, when you're crossing or, uh, you know, when you're doing mountain climbing, hmm. uh, you also have a rope Correct. Which are you tied to the rope? No, it's like a protective net. Fall back, fall back. It has to be a fall back. So, so there has to be what is called, uh, uh, you know, guardrails. Correct. Correct. So it's also important to have somebody uh, also be your guardrail. Hmm. Hmm. So good leaders make sure they also have people around them who can be their guardrails. Guardrail. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not saying good or bad. Because hmm. there is a tendency. Because see, this is a classic problem between say risk taking and how much risk taking is actually good or not good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, see, if you look at it from a character perspective, being aggressive, mm. being bold, being high risk taking, mm. and if you get it right, my God, you can be a yeah, winner. Absolutely. Yeah. But too much of uh, this aggression, risk taking, being bold can also mean that like you can land on your face Correct. and destroy the organization with absolutely. you. Yeah. So the question is that, uh, and it's impossible to say whether you're going too fast or too slow. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, but you need to have. You can't do this alone. Mm, mm. Are you having, I think the important part is, do you have a team with you who will keep you anchored and who will also be ruthlessly, you know, uh, you're somebody in the mirror. Yeah. Who will hold that mirror to you. Mm. You know, if you are only, I mean, unless you are this very wise leader who is so uh, self-actualized and is able to balance everything, Mm. that's all right. Right. But that's also, I mean, it's not possible to be always right, right? Always, yeah, correct. correct so, correct. so having, so I'm saying that, so I don't think I'm, I'm not suggesting that you have a perfect because that is also not possible. It's not possible, yeah. That's not possible. Okay. Correct, correct. And uh, leaders are always in hindsight, mm. uh, also. I mean, oh, a classic example would be, say, I mean, so many organizations. Right. And I talk General Electric, for example. You know, right. when uh, we can, uh, I mean, Jack Welch, when I was. Uh, in the 90s and mm-hmm. I worked with G also. I mean, he was the world's tallest business leader for yeah, yeah. you know, market cap. G was a $600 billion enterprise. Now, whether uh, G's decline to an $80 billion company can be entirely attributed to Welch or not is not the point. The mm-hmm. point is that in hindsight, mm-hmm. maybe some of the decisions that he took seem to be, and this is after 18, 20 years, we're saying, right? Correct. So, uh, can you really judge a person 
in the here and now no but to go back to your point about yes you have to go back in history i just want to make one point about that mm-hmm. it's okay for people to make mistakes right people right. make mistakes early in life right and you shouldn't hang them for it ah. mm-hmm. provided that mistake is not a recurrent theme right right no i think one of the challenges i find is that sometimes uh, people who get away with mistakes get away because they're smarter mm-hmm. people who acknowledge mistakes and get caught or for whatever reason get caught yeah. Yeah. if they have learned from it and moved on i think it's important that we it shouldn't be held against them can't be held mm. beyond the point even if they have crossed a red line correct 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 uh and these are sometimes minor flaws yeah yeah right you can't hold it you can't hold a 25 year old 27 year old for a mistake correct. entirely for life and unfortunately there seems to be a bit of that uh So I think there you need to again have a balance, you know. No, it's an interesting point you make because you know many, many. How long? How many times you punish somebody yes, for the same crime? You know. <laughs> no, because also, also a lot of uh, modern companies now, and I'm using modern in the sense we're looking at, you know, very tech-based businesses, futuristic businesses. They actually say that we don't want to hire a senior person who's not crossed the red line and not taken the risk and you know not failed a few times because if you've not failed a few times and you know taken the risk. then you have not discovered yourself correct, in a way. correct. that's so, so a that's part of the way of looking at it yeah so, so there is that aspect okay so jeet as we come to the last part of the conversation you know maybe one last question so uh, you know there are there are there are companies which assess leaders in a very private confidential way very few people getting involved in the process and given given you know what we've talked about but also the way the world is moving and you know a more flatter world a more democratic world is there is there a case for widening the process itself of assessment and involving a larger set of people in that whole process as you go through obviously managing the confidentiality aspects but does it does it give you more data points and perspectives to make a slightly better decision you know because historically we've kept the senior leadership you know only three people will be it keep it very confidential and you know don't you know rely on rely on a few tools and you know all that sort of stuff but is there a case for even democratizing that process itself okay i am not so sure about democratizing the process mm-hmm. right uh, mm-hmm. because uh, the point is uh, supposing i mean let's take an sure. hypothetical sure. example sure. i mean we are electing say the elect i mean i'm using this mm-hmm. election season in the us election commissioner correct uh, or even if i were to say a junior colleague is going to interview his boss yeah uh do you don't know what are the challenges or what to do look for in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how to judge right it's like i can't have an assistant manager hr interview for a senior management role right. the person doesn't have perspective to do right that. sure right uh, so i will not i think the job has to be done mm. there should be a selection committee it should not be a one person decision yeah i think uh, because that in a sense reduces bias hmm. whether it should be a three member selection committee or a five member selection committee uh, but it should be a whether any role and especially wider, significant wider role set people, CX, yeah, a set, set of people but, yeah. to minimize bias and more importantly to have the buy in hmm. also this is also important for anybody in organizational context right because the point is that whoever is invested in taking the decision is supposed to play a supportive role in helping the person succeed also correct right correct. because at the end of the day the person is not perfect but somebody has to look at you in the eye and say look this is yeah. something we need you to be careful about correct we need to watch you and be a sort of a mentor yeah and a, i think a part of the thing is any leadership role also and especially the ceo's role is a very lonely job so mm. if mm. you don't have someone to confide to correct who's because really not a mentor then how do you also talk it out correct 
So you have to find somebody to talk it out because it's not possible to talk to a wall. And again, I'm saying that. I mean, there are very few people who are so evolved who can go to a cave and. Correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, while we talk about the HR head's role to be the sort of a, so HR heads can be good listeners. They yeah. can be, uh, they can um, help uh, people talk it out. But they, again, they're they're not in that yeah. job. Yeah, they they have like, their own limitations. Yeah, they, they have, have also their own limitations. No, correct. correct. I mean, they, with the experience, you can step up. Yeah, and yeah. be closer, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless I am able to put yourself in your shoe, it's impossible. It's like saying that. Uh, I mean, unless you've experienced. I mean, I mean, just to get, unless you've experienced death yourself. Correct, correct. You how do you empathize with somebody? I mean, if you if your parents are alive, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. And uh, you have a colleague whose parents have died. What does it mean for the colleague versus you? Correct. Especially your parents are close to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and their parents, he or she is very close to the parents. It's very difficult to empathize, no? It's very, I mean, it's nice to say you should empathize, but it's not Correct. easy to do it, right? Yeah. So I am not such a big votary of uh, democratizing the uh, selection, the selection process. Uh, but I am definitely a big votary of far more stringent due diligence. Hmm. Like if you think about buying a company, just think about the amount of due diligence you do. Due diligence you do, yeah, yeah. Just think about it. Correct, correct. Right from everything. Forensics to God knows what you will do. Absolutely, absolutely. But why wouldn't you want to bring in the same rigor? Correct, correct. For uh, senior management, uh, especially when you are recruiting from outside. From outside. When you don't have a, and I think it's important for even uh, people who are the selection committee to get because sometimes Mm -hmm. you are sitting at this level, you don't get to see. See, it's not possible, no. Absolutely, absolutely. You are not you are not able to see what happens in the at the ground level. Right, right. Yeah. And like I said, the clues are not about what is good about you. Everybody knows what is good about you. Correct. The question to ask is what happens to you when you are in a crisis? Yes. When you make when you make a mistake, mm. you cover up. When somebody else makes a mistake, mm. when somebody lets you down, when somebody who's your colleague is more successful than you, yeah. right? What right. do you deal with it? Do you have grace, or do you go ballistic? You know, yeah. Or when your plans don't turn out the way it is. Because it's not an equation, no? You're dealing with human behavior and human behavior. And as HR professionals, we know this even more keenly. Even right? more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things don't turn out the way. It's not a formula. <laughs> Button press, kiya to, it's not <laughs> physics. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. And I think, I think the challenge with a lot of people I see, especially, uh, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of leaders who've grown up uh, being technically right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is they don't get the this part of the dynamic so well. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That is not a button. It's not a. Right. And I'm I can tell you, I so I say it facetiously, uh, facetiously to my team that mm-hmm. I've never seen a five-year plan mm-hmm. that has been actually a five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why we even do it, yeah. frankly. But yeah. for everybody's comfort, you know, it is one of those mysteries. <laughs> you keep on doing a five-year plan and nobody knows Correct. because the world changes. <laughs> no, great. Uh, so, Jeet, thank you very much. I think this has been a lovely conversation. I'm sure there's lots more we can continue to, you know, discuss on this and I may come back to you as a, you know, to do like a follow-up podcast, uh, you know, at some stage. But but thank you very much for this. I think this is great perspective and some interesting thoughts and, you know, um, with, with other episodes in the season, we'll, of course, dig into other aspects of, 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 you know, uh, assessing people and, you know, how do you scale up things and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, uh, there will be, uh, you know, 
an opportunity, I think, to uh, add on at a later date to this whole thing, because as we put this together, we'll come back to you with more, uh, you know, possibility of more insights in this, but lovely conversations. And I'm sure our listeners would have really enjoyed it, got a few perspectives, got a few thoughts to take back and, you know, maybe generate even more questions than answers necessarily, because that's the purpose of these podcasts. So thank you, Jeet, again, very much for being part of this conversation. If you don't mind, I just want to say that because I picked it sure. up from uh, uh, this umpiring legend, Simon mm -hmm. Toffel, uh, recently. Uh, oh. He said one word. Uh, it's, it resonated with me, but it, uh, I wanted to just cite it because I think it sums up pretty much the discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of leadership is not for you to be a champion. Mm. Okay, or um, to build a team of champions, it is to be a champion team. Mm. I think that's the heart of leadership, and I think it's very important to uh, instill that in right. uh, every uh, for anybody aspiring mm. to be in leadership roles. Your yeah. job is to create a champion team, uh, and that's that's uh, really how do you enable that to happen? How do how do you be the wind beneath everybody's wings so that they can fly? And thank you so much. I really, oh, you really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, and, 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 you know, look forward to further conversations on this topic at some point of time. Yeah. So thanks, Jeet. Great. Thank you. Bill. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.